Welcome to Beyond the Frontline Podcast, where your hosts, U.S. Air Force veterans, Donna Hoffmeyer and Jay Johnson, will help you transition from the front line to the home front. Listen every other Wednesday as they will bring great conversations, resources, tips, and feel-good stories that will resonate and relate. Now, here's your hosts, Donna Hoffmeyer and Jay Johnson. Welcome back, everybody, to another incredible episode of Beyond the Front Lines. My name is Jay Johnson, and as co-host, I get to tell you that every one of these episodes is incredible, but it truly is, because I wouldn't, I would never lie to you. But before we get to our special guest and all the incredible things he's doing, I would be remiss <laughs> if I did not tell you that I'm in studio, as always, with the one the only Miss Donna Hoffmeyer. Donna, what is going on? I feel like I should have worn my queen shirt today. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like lots is going on. It's, I know it's that's blissful true. chaos everywhere. We'll we give them a little uh, overview. I know what's going on with you. Casino night. It was good. For the Veterans Council that I co-chair. Yeah. With the chamber. With the chamber, yep. Yeah. And I'll tell you that it all came together at the last second, as everything always does. But it came out perfect. We lost our air conditioning at 1030 in the morning. Mm. Yeah. And so. I mean, what's air conditioning in 105 degree well, weather? Well, let me tell you, so. shout outs. I, I've said thank you a thousand times and I'll say them a thousand more. But your girlfriend, sorry. And Delisa over there that uh, runs the activity center where we had the event were like instrumental in that success. So mm. it was a good night. We had a lot of fun. So much fun. Yeah. So my feet hurt. I won a lot of money, fake money. That, Did you? That led to raffle tickets that gave me a chance to win prizes. Did you I didn't, win any prizes? I didn't win a dang thing. But but I had fun. Wow. And you know, it's the most money I'd ever won playing blackjack. So. <laughs> and I leave to Vegas in uh, about a week and well, a half. So I'm going to put those skills to use, I think. Maybe that lucky streak will continue. The, the only difference, Don, is that was with house money, right? At your casino event. Right. Next time it'll be with my money. That changes all the equation. Right. Look. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah, it's what you put. Now you have to make pretend it's house money. No, and I don't like throwing money away. So, hey, I actually, I'm going to tell you this. This is like a little side note, but my daughter is playing basketball, mm -hmm. of which mom is extremely proud because I played for years and years and years. And so I just want to go to this basketball camp that she's at. It's three days, oh, right? Yes, yeah. And it is with, um, uh, oh, I just slipped my, her name slipped to my mind, but she, uh, college graduate, exceptional player, played at very high levels. And she came in and doing this three-day fundamentals basketball, mm. right? And I was like, that's awesome. Six hours a day. And so we we uh, send Bianca off. I go pick her up uh, yesterday. She just had a great time. I drop her off this morning, and I sit there, and I listen for a few minutes. Mm. And let me tell you that you, I wanted to text you immediately. Because she motivates me, speaks to these kids first. Oh, and yesterday it was about gratitude and gave them homework that they need to go tell two people that they are grateful for them and why, like family members or friends or whatever. Yeah. I didn't get that. I didn't get the mom, I'm grateful for well, you, but we'll work on that, right? That, that, that day will come. Uh, and so, anyways, today she asked them, How are you guys doing this morning? And they're kind of like moan and like, good. And she goes, now, nah, now, nah, what are we supposed to say? And guess what they said? Your word. My words. 
exceptional. I'm ex oh, I like it a lot. That's what we need to out. be. So you guys, we That's need my to be standard answer. Yeah. That's right. So oh, I like it a lot. So speaking of exceptional. Yeah. What we I, have an exceptional we guest. We have an exceptional guest. It's true. We yeah. do. You want to introduce him? I think this, I is, this is good. I will. This is Justin Boflex Bohannon, right? And Justin is a prior uh, Army. He's an Army veteran of 10 years, but he is prior Airborne Infantry and a recruiter. And I know so Justin. So a badass. He's a badass, yes. Um, so I met Justin, it was through a friend of mine. I was friends with his wife. We were stationed together at Lake and Heath. Mm -hmm. He's on this board and he says, Donna, I think this board is like, fits you perfectly. It's fitness, it's veteran, it's, you know, you always have ideas, like you, you should come on. So I kind of researched a little and looked up, make a vet sweat. And, uh, I said, Sure, let's do it, right? And so I got the honor of being on their board, and I am on their board. Nice. And as we've been talking and learning, and I made the comment, you know, when you see those really cut people, the majority of them are not doing that for that ripped six-pack ab. Because if you know what you have to do to get to it, like nobody would just suffer through that. They do it because of the challenge, because of their mental wellness, because of the camaraderie with other people. I mean, it, it, there is so much to that. Yeah. So, so anyways, I am digressing a little bit. Justin, welcome. I'm glad you're here with us. Thank you, Jay and Donna. Thank you guys for having me on board. Really excited to, to be here today. I wanted to kind of start from the beginning. Um, just kind of tell us where you started from, what got you in the military, how you came out, you know, just kind of a general of your life story. We'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, for sure. So um, I graduated 2003, uh, you know, not long after 9-11. And I would say 9-11 impacted my life uh, when I saw the towers uh, collapse, uh, when I saw boots on the ground, when I heard that speech on ground zero, you know, th those all were very patriotic moments for me. And I and I really could get behind the idea of defending my country, defending my land, defending my home. So I immediately joined the military right off that. I, I was a junior in high school. I, I met up with the Army recruiters. Uh, they got me signed up. And, 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 and as soon as I graduated high school, matter of fact, my mom had planned like a family barbecue post-graduation for like, because uh, our graduation was on Thursday and Saturday was going to be like a big party at my house. Well, Thursday, we graduated. Friday, I had actually gone on the bus and flew out to Fort Benning, Georgia. I, I was already, I was like, mom, I, actually, I, I jumped on early. They had an open slot and I could leave early, so I took right off. So, um, uh, so yeah, so went straight in 2003, uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. I was airborne infantry. Uh, when I got to Fort Campbell, Kentucky, uh, we deployed right to Iraq. Uh, it was early 2005 to 2006, the, my first deployment. And then our second deployment to Baghdad was 2007 to 2009. It, it was a much longer deployment. They extended our deployment length. And um, so sp spent about six years total in the Army infantry. And then from there, I went to become a recruiter at uh in glendale arizona and i i'd say that's when i kind of 
really the, the effects of uh, deployment really set in for me was when I got into recruiting. Uh, when I got to Glendale, Arizona, everything changed because my world slowed down. I went from, uh, you know, everyday combat life, uh, going to the field, constantly shooting day nights, shooting and training and training and cleaning to now sitting behind a computer convincing Johnny's mom why joining the military is a, a better idea than going to college. Um, so. Uh, I, I really dealt with, at that point in time, um, survivor's guilt. So uh, it's funny you say that because you go from this adrenaline junkie level stuff, putting your life on the line, your buddy's life is in your hands, vice versa. And then, like you said, it's a good analogy. Now you're sitting there convincing Johnny's mom, like, why he should come do what you did. <laughs> A little change of pace there. I could see where that, and that's a lot of times it's those transitions when the mental health issues start coming in. Like when you start reflecting back, you don't have those highs anymore. You need to figure out constructive ways to get those highs and it, it doesn't always go as planned. Right. Well, it, it, about a year into being an army recruiter, I started to notice that I, I had a lot of issues going on in my own personal life. Uh, I was abusing drugs. Um, I was abusing alcohol uh, very, very badly. Um, I, I was living, you know, I, I, I came back from Iraq thinking I was Superman at that point in time. And what I mean by that is I felt like I went to war, the front line of war, and I came back. And other people didn't. So one, survivor's guilt on why am I here and they not here, right? These really, really great, amazing individuals are not here. Um, that that why really sat in. But then also the the fact that I am here, I don't think I'm meant to die today. So I, I started exuding a lot of extreme behaviors. Uh, uh, drinking and driving was a common thing. I mean, now drinking and driving was almost planned. Like I planned to drink and drive where, wherever I was going. Like, it, you know, it was really, really bad uh, in that sense. A lot of extreme uh, high adrenaline things, whatever I could do. And I, I realized that I was in a really, really bad negative space. And it all came to a head when I wrecked my government vehicle while on duty. Um, I was driving, it was, you know, just picture, you know, picture, have this envision. Uh, it's Glendale, Arizona. If you can ever imagine Arizona, you can imagine sun, you can imagine desert, you can imagine a long road, right? Long road like roads, routes, route 66, right? <laughs> you imagine this long road. And um, that was eerily similar to Iraq for me. One early morning as the sun was rising. And I experienced myself relapsing an IED explosion right in front of my vehicle where I jacked the wheel and I hit the, um, I hit a pole. And as a result, I had to explain myself to my chain of command, uh, which ultimately led me to seeing a, a psychiatrist and a mental health uh, professional, which ultimately led to me taking uh, depression medication, uh, which from there led me to calling a suicide helpline because I, 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 it all kind of came to a head. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thankful I called that suicide helpline, even though nobody answers. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> Nobody hey. answered the line. 
Nobody answered the line. I, I mean, aside chance, I was too drunk to even dial it right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you dial like nine two one. You know what I mean? Said nine one one. You know, so um, it, it didn't happen, but it did make me reflect. Like I, I actually made this phone call. I'm, I'm actually in this world. I'm actually in this space, and um, I, I knew that I had to make some changes. So. I'm still in the military at this time, close to the end of my time. Uh, I did 10 years total, so close to the end of my, my 10 years in the military. And um, I was hanging out with some friends. I knew I needed to get out and, and not be so stuck into my head and stuck into my, my own own little cave. And uh, I went to a casino, and on the casino wall, there was a, uh, a poster for a cage fight at Casino Arizona. And they're looking for somebody about my size. So... In this, you know, true nature of uh, having a Superman mindset, uh, having the, the thought that I'm, I'm not going to die, have an extreme need for adrenaline, I signed up for the cage fight. And it was the biggest blessing I ever did, because when I signed up for the cage fight, I had 10 weeks. I needed to lose 15 pounds in order to make weight. I signed up for a boxing gym. I, I got out of my house consistently. I got in front of people who were not in the military, but who also uh, wanted to train and work hard. And, you know, it was very reminiscent of like basic training, you know, around other people training and working hard and sweating. You know, I, I think there's something to looking left and looking right and seeing somebody going through the same pain you're going through and how they're reacting. And that's very motivating. When you see some people reacting very strong, that's motivating. When you see some people acting weak, it's also a little bit motivating. Justin, I love uh, your transparency and authenticity. You know what? I think this is where we miss in life is we try to put this public image out there uh, like everything's perfect and, you know, we're not making bad choices or uh, experiencing tough times. And so to hear you share uh, where you were, uh, the things you were doing, number one, I'm glad you're still with us. Uh, number two, I will tell you here, here, my friend, I've yeah. made some horrible choices in my life. And and I think where we help people is when we're honest about, man, this hasn't been easy. I've not always, you know, done the right things or uh, so. Number one, I just wanted to say thank you, because I, I guarantee you people listening to this episode, uh, it might be freeing to them to hear someone like you. Uh, and I, I, again, we all have a story, right? But I, I think it resonates deeply. So number one, I want to say thank you for for sharing what's real inside of that. And then that last part you were just touching on, Justin, about being able to look to your left and to your right. Uh, man, isn't that what being a veteran is? I, I have to tell you, some of the closest people in my life, and I'm willing to bet the same for you and with Donna, are those that we served alongside of mm -hmm. in some very challenging times and you knew that they were going to have your back. So I just, I don't know why I just felt compelled to kind of step in, not step on. I don't want to step on your story, but just tell you, man, it resonates with me as you're sharing this. I, I love you. I appreciate what you're sharing. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. I, I will, um, as I continue to tell you, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about authenticity and how that actually got me further along my journey to even to where I am today. 
But um, as I was going through my fights, uh, I trained super hard. I lost the weight. I got in the cage fight. I I lost the fight. However, I realized I won a bigger battle because I wasn't depressed. I had friends and people who showed up to the fight with me. Um, there there were so, so many big wins and just stepping in that ring and getting back into that just maybe the bravado of like an infantry, uh, you know, pride of doing something very alpha. Um, so that, so that helped me A- after that, I, I knew I needed to get out of the military and I moved here to Austin, Texas. Uh, and then shortly after I moved to Austin, Texas, I lost one of the most influential people in my life. Uh, my grandfather, uh, my grandfather is my dad's dad. He was a, a veteran from Vietnam. Uh, he served in special forces, military intelligence, uh, um, he was a communications officer, um, and he was also a pastor for 40 years. And that was my entire life of me knowing him. He was also the pastor of my church. And so I talked about survivor's guilt and, and some of the things that I battled in my mind and in my heart of being a part of the Iraq war combat infantrymen in the early parts of the war. Um, I, I battled a lot of conflicts of death and, and, and what, you know, what does that mean uh, from a religious standpoint? So I talked to my grandfather a lot. And when I lost my grandfather, um, going to his funeral and just seeing his impact really made me have to get out of my comfort zone. We as veterans, and I'll, I'll speak personally, but I also know a lot of veterans just like me who, when they got out of the military, didn't necessarily want to befriend people who were not like-minded or who not didn't go through the same experiences. Uh, you know, I chose other veterans to be my friends. But after that happened and my grandfather passed, uh, I knew that the only way I could step further into this space was by talking. And, and it all started by talking to one of my friends from a boxing training gym that, that I met at the gym. We're so thankful that I met this person at the gym and talking to them about the things that were weighing on my heart. And after that, I mean, I, I, just, I just didn't stop. So I, I kept telling my story, telling my story. I went to college uh, at ACC. Uh, just to knock out some basic classes. And while I was there, I kept running to other veterans. They would notice me. Maybe they noticed my tattoos. Maybe they would see uh, something that branded myself as a veteran. So they would come up to me and speak. Hey, you know, I'm a veteran. You're a veteran too. Cool. Somehow the conversation would always get to how are you doing? And we all knew what that meant. How are you doing? I oftentimes would answer, I'm doing fine. Because I, I, at this point in time, I've talked enough. Um, I had seen a counselor. Um, I've been working in a group space. I've kind of found my identity outside of the military. Um, but there are a lot of men and women in college that were saying, you know, I haven't been able to sleep well. Um, you know, I, I just have these flashbacks. Um, you know, a lot of crazy thoughts in my brain. And I would always ask them, well, since you've been out of the military, have you stayed active fitness wise? Like, have you stayed on top of your health? Because when we're in the military, every single morning you got PT. I mean, that, that was no question. You didn't 
You didn't get a choice. We did PT, all military branches, first thing in the morning. Uh, that's not really a total true statement. <laughs> Studio question anyway. Yeah, that definitely depends <laughs> on where you worked. So let me assure you. <laughs> However, I will say that when I went over to Launch Stool when I was in Germany, I would have to go slowly to not run over all the troops running. So there you go. <laughs> well, for us combat infantry men and women, we were we were doing PT all day, every single morning. And so I would ask them, well, are you staying active? They'd say, no. I, I typically would link uh, the lack of physical activity to becoming a lack of, of, um, of image, self-image of what you used to be in the military. And then, and oftentimes uh, not necessarily as happy with life. So for me, I would always say, well, if I paid for a gym membership for you, would you go to the gym? You know, I, I want to add one thing on that before you go further with that. I taught college for uh, a number of years. And one of the things I know, so I was a veteran. I had got out once before and I'm teaching and there I have students that are veterans. And there is a level of isolation there because they are, here they are deploying at 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, seeing things that nobody really at any age really wants to see or probably should see. And then they're coming back home and they're sitting in classes with these peers that have 18, 19, 20 year olds, and they cannot get them. Their life issues, they cannot relate to them. They're just like, you're freaking out over the late paper. Like I saw my buddy die, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, you know, that's, that's really a good point that both of you are bringing up. And here's something I've had thrown back at me in time when oh, I've I talked about these experiences, say. right? Well, you made a choice yep. to join the military. Well, that's true. You know, I listened to Justin talking about the events of 9-11. Thank God. I say that sincerely. Thank God there are men and women who, mm -hmm. who love their country and have a patriotic bone in their body who are willing to stand up and say, I'm going to stand in the gap on behalf of others. You know, so when, when people say that, it is true. It was our choice. But inside of that, though, I don't think they, they can appreciate, uh, and appreciation may not be the right word, I don't think they can ever truly understand or comprehend the kinds of things we've been exposed to and have had to experience. You know, there's men and women in, in, the, in law enforcement and social workers who experience really tough yeah. things, too, on a daily basis. and. Yeah. And and it it's not like you just see it and then wash yourself of it and you're back to doing whatever. It profoundly changes yeah. you. So I, I love that you two have brought this kind of into light. Well, and I always come back with like, sure, we we chose it, but we still have effects from it. Yeah. So, you know, you might chose to go skiing and go take yourself out because you're not experienced enough and hit a tree. Yeah. And should we just look at you and say, well, you chose it. Or are we going to try to help fix your broken bone? Yeah, that's right. I mean, come on. Where now, does right? where does sympathy, empathy come and, into right, play? Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, it just it kind of clicked me. This this kid that I um, taught, he wasn't a kid, he was a grown man. But it always comes into mind when I think of college and veterans. And mm. we had that discussion. So, yeah, there's so, connection points. So you started identifying that 
you know, these people are not exercising, you're relating it to mental wellness, which is highly studied, and there's all kinds of research for that. And then what started clicking in you from there? Oh. One, one, one thing too, Justin, can you speak to as you start to answer that for Donna? There's a there's chemical chemicals that are released in our brains when we're actively mm -hmm. working out. Uh, you are probably far better suited to talk about that than I, but I would love for that to also be brought up. Yes. So um, with with when we exercise, it's one of the best things you can do for depression. One of the best things you can do for mood, for sleep, for appetites, uh, for self-image. And what happens is your brain recognizes it as a good thing and sends off endorphins to the rest of your body. So you get the chemical fill and the euphoria high. You hear this the runner's high where you can run and you kind of get this, this fill of just euphoria. That's, and that's what this is. And so that's what we're trying to accomplish. So at this time, uh, when I'm in college, I'm, uh, I'm a fitness coach for title boxing and Orange Theory. So I'm hands all the way in in group fitness. And I would always say to these, hey, well, are you currently working out? Well, if I pay for a gym membership, would you go? And I would suggest things like, you know, come and see in my class, right? Come, come see my class, right? But then also other things like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, maybe boxing, uh, maybe uh, CrossFit. Hey, would you be interested in doing anything? If I paid for it, would you go? And what was really cool was I found that in every scenario, every case, when I came back around and saw that student and I asked them about how it's been at the gym, they loved it. They were thankful that they had got started. And so I, so when I saw that, which it also helped me personally, so it helped me personally, I see that what helped me also helped a few other people that I met in college. Uh, so at that point, I, I mean, I, um, I decided to create Make a Vet Sweat. So Make a Vet Sweat is uh, a nonprofit, 501c3 nonprofit that funds gym memberships for veterans and the spouse to work out 90 days at whatever gym they want to go to so that they can combat the PTSD symptoms using exercise. It's so important. Exercise can and will save lives. Now, a, a caveat to that is I want to put this out there to anybody listening is if you do go within that 90 days and you go at least three times a week, we'll continue to pay your gym membership. So a little bit of accountability there. So if you actually go and use the gym membership past that 90 days, we'll complete the entire year so you can continue to use that gym membership, especially if it's helping our goals to help. Justin, I, I love that, especially I was literally just about to ask you, uh, is there anything that goes beyond the 90? And you answered that. I, I do want to ask you, was the 90 days for the initial kind of engagement, get them in there? Was there something behind the 90 days that you said, this is the threshold that, you know, we're going to utilize any, any methodology behind it? Yeah. You know, I, I can't right now off the top of my head, I can't quote the, the, the phrase. But it's what, 30 days to form a new habit, uh, 90 days to make it a lifestyle change. Uh, it's something to that effect, but what, I can't remember specifically, but, but I, I kind of use that as kind of the, the precursor. 
if we can create a habit and then turn it into a lifestyle, then I think that overall would improve the quality of their lifestyle. There, there is another component to this, and I don't know if the audience picked it up. When you were talking about, hey, would you go to jujitsu? Would you go to CrossFit? Would you go to um, a group class? Everything is about group, right? So you want to speak to that because there's intention behind that. Yeah, everything about group. So so we do assist people who don't have access to group fitness in their area. However, we encourage group fitness. And the reason why is the time that we spend in the military, if you're doing PT, it's squad, it's team, it's platoon, it's battalion-led PT. So you're working in a group. And again, uh, and I kind of talked spoke to this earlier, there's something about looking left and right when you see somebody getting it hard and that 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 person is 30 years older than you. You can't tell me that doesn't motivate you. Or you look over to the left and this is a pregnant woman still hitting it. That You can't say that that doesn't motivate you to be like, all right, I got to go even harder uh, today. Or even see a, a young, young athletic kid and you're like, I used to be like that. I'm going to get back to there. So there's to me, when you're in that type of environment, you can find motivation in so many different ways. Yeah, that's so true, Justin. It makes me think, you know, I, I've run a few marathons in my life. I don't know why. A lot of marathons. And I'm paying the price for it a little bit today with, you know, joints. But uh, but I remember my very first marathon was the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C. Uh, in 2001, right? So just months, couple months after 9-11, that gaping hole in the Pentagon, so much national pride, the patriotism, people lining the streets, Channing USA, I'll never forget it. But I'll tell you what else I won't forget about 22 miles in. There's a lot of people that run that marathon. And uh, and I'm not at the front of the pack by any stretch of the imagination. But at some point, somebody kind of nudges me out of the way because I wasn't going fast enough when we were crossing a, a bridge. And if that gentleman was any less than like 75 years old, <laughs> right? And I was probably in my mid-30s at the, at the time. And I just thought, that is amazing. So to your point, right, accountability and seeing someone else push a little harder uh, when they may have some other requirement or condition attached or associated with them that you don't have, it can be motivating. So that's pretty cool. Well, I'm going to add to this. I'm laughing. Years ago, I was a personal trainer and I, I was in my master's degree and and I was training somebody and I was pregnant with my son. And at the gym, you know, like all the military gyms, they have the indoor loop, right? So you, you can run on the track indoors, right. right? And Little Rock had one up above, right? And you'd be running above it and you'd look down on everything and, and you, people would see you up there running. And so I had this lady in her 50s and she wanted to get faster for her PT test. And so we were out there and I was showing her how to sprint, right? And so I running with her and i remember seeing all these eyes looking this duck running across the top of the thing <laughs> and i'm like i'm sure somebody's like snap i need to get going here <laughs> oh, that's amazing hey justin here's another thought too uh i i'll let you ex explain if that was the rationale but here's what i think i heard when you said you were engaging them, these people asking these veterans, hey, would you be willing to go to? I mean, you listed out a lot of things. 
And in my mind, when I'm hearing you say that, I, I think that's really smart, right? Because up front, when you're giving them the option to pick what they want to do, you're removing a potential excuse. Is that the, the reason you did that? That's exactly the reason I did that, right? You, you want, you know, you can lead somebody to water, but you can't make them drink it, right? So you want them to at least want the water. And so, you know, what would you do that works best for you? And, and oftentimes also, I found that there are veterans who don't know what's out there. So they don't know about like a, a, a soul cycle class or a spin class, which would probably be better than running a marathon when you talk about your joints, you know, needs and so on and so forth. So, um, so yeah, that, that was the thought process was, uh, giving them that and taking, removing excuses, but then also giving just options. So, you know, what's out there. I wrote it before getting on this podcast with you today, Justin, maybe it was you, right? The accountability of, I'm not getting on there and, and not having got my sweat on for the day, but it is true. Cycling is, is less wear and tear on my 56 year old frame today. So yeah. Justin, I love what you're doing. What, uh, how long, circle back for me real quick and for our listeners. So now, how long have you been doing this? Uh, how many gyms, if you have a number, are you affiliated with? Uh, how many veterans are engaged in the process? Give some stats if you have any. Yeah, so we started in 2015. Um, we are a really lean team. I mean, I started with just uh, two other people back in 2015. Uh, but throughout since 2015, and also mind you, during COVID, we completely shut down. Uh, we did not want to uh, have any liability of, you know, encouraging someone to go to the gym and potentially catching COVID. So, so with that in mind, we've helped over 650 veterans. Uh, we work with uh, over 500 gyms nationwide. Uh, a lot of Orange Theory gyms, I'll tell you that. We have Orange Theories all over the place that really love uh, what we're doing and title boxings that really love what, what we're doing. Those are gyms I initially started with, uh, but they, they, they're they really, really good supporters. And honestly, if there's any gym out there uh, that is interested in working with Make a Vet Sweat, easily you can go to makeavetsweat.org and sign up as a participating gym. We're always looking to expand uh, the gyms that would like to work with us, and then also give veterans options in your area uh, of gyms to go to. One of the things um, I was just in the back of my head was there is some gyms that you really don't work with specifically. You want to just touch on that and why? Yeah, so there are gyms out there that are simply buried in corporate tape, red tape. So they so they would be harder to work with a nonprofit that is lean on funds. Uh, uh, so, um, you know, potential discounts or maybe stopping payments on time, things like that. So there's uh, franchise gyms are typically gyms that we're not working with, the corporate franchise gyms. That'd be like a 24-hour fitness or a gold gym or anytime fitness. Well, no, there's some anytime fitnesses out there. If there's any gym owner that owns their franchise gym and can make make rule changes within to work with Mega Best Sweat, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. I'm just saying from the corporate big gym level uh, that requires contracts and so on and so forth, those gyms we don't work with for that reason. 
That's really good. I'm glad that came out kind of organically in the conversation. So I'm just going to say it again on your behalf, Justin. Make a veteransweat.org. Gym owners, fitness owners, this is a great organization to partner with. Who wins in the long run? Uh, everyone. That's that's the answer. Everyone wins. Justin and his team are fulfilling their mission. Uh, people are getting healthy. Veterans are getting plugged back in and and hopefully finding a a team again, a family to be a part of outside of being in uniform. And the gym and the fitness owner wins because they develop uh, these relationships, get new clientele that hopefully already live in their community and are going to be with them long term. And here's the cool part about it um, is, Justin, you can speak to this, is that you're starting to put science behind it. Yes, yes. Uh, so we did get surveys done. So we have uh, surveys uh, shooting out to all of our veterans. So we're able to get a lot of great data on how well uh, this has been working out with uh, with our veterans and uh, can even give you guys a good feedback as to um, as to how the veterans done in, in the process. So, yeah, really like where we're going. And thank you so much. Yeah. And that the surveys, just so people know, this is not like we sat there and thought up 10 questions and just threw them out there. This is all science-based. They actually went to, was it university? Which university? I always mess it up. Yep. Dr. Elise Bora from University of Texas. There you go. That's what I thought. University of Texas. And so she, we all met. I mean, I remember sitting meeting with her and they all met. They went through the science of it, how the wording was to get the information that they specifically wanted to get. And then that data will hopefully be used towards grants to be able to expand this even more and and be able to offer more. So, I mean, it's just like you said, it's the win-win, right? And so in support of all that, right, Justin, what do you guys do every year? Well, not during COVID, but every year since then, what are you guys doing? Yeah, so right now we have a gala coming up, I want to say in about uh, five weeks. Right about four, five weeks. Or, well, no, four weeks. It's July 26th today. So yeah. August 26th, four weeks from now, August 26th, Austin, Texas, at the Norris County Convention Center, uh, we have a gala. It's going to be our fifth annual gala where we'll have patriotic ceremony, uh, speakers. We, we actually have a speaker, Saul Paul, coming in. He's a Grammy-nominated artist who will be emceeing as well as uh, being the keynote speaker and and, and displaying some music. Uh, the goal, you know, it's a, it's a sad subject when we're trying to prevent suicide and talking about the losses of veterans. However, what we're looking to do is have a much more exciting time by having this MC Saul Paul and, uh, and his, and his inspirational keynote speaking. That's very, very cool. And count me in. I mean, Donna and I have talked. Yep. Uh, My significant other, Sherry, is coming as well. In fact, she got her red dress today because I understand there's a there's a a requirement to wear red. It's a theme. I I think that's that's right. Red is uh, remember everyone deployed. Oh, that's true. People wear it on Fridays. Right. right? Wear wear it on Fridays. So I got my red dress and then Sherry showed me hers the other day when we were riding back from the. So I got to go get a red tux. I mean, I got to figure this out. Not a red. Yeah, I don't know if you have a red tux. 
I'll have to figure this out, Justin. You know what I was channeling just then, my friend. I'm an avid movie watcher, and because I'm a motivational speaker, I, I use movies a lot when I'm speaking from the stage, particularly popular movies, right? It doesn't serve me well to reference a movie that no one knows, but Dumb and Dumber came to mind when they show up wearing a powder blue and a bright orange tux, you know, and uh, I thought that's how I might look walking into your gala wearing wearing uh, wearing a bright red tux. I'll figure it out. And those like to go. Yeah, yeah it'll, be, it'll be good. Justin, I'm excited about that. Let's hit on one other point. So that event is one way that you all fill the, the coffers is what I'll call it, right? Where you add some funds to your nonprofit so that you can continue to support the mission. Are there other ways that people can support, make a better and sweat? Uh, besides just going to this event, what are some other ways that they could also help you in your mission? Yeah, so one thing, just to be clear, and and I know uh, I, I know you guys will probably put it in the posting, but it's it's going to be make a vet sweat, so v e t sweat dot org. Uh, but when you go to the website, you can first you can donate uh, on our website. We also have merchandise if you want to buy any of our beat PTSD t shirts or Team Mavs t-shirts that we have. Uh, and also we have our red, which remember everyone deployed t-shirt and fundraiser. So for gyms who want to be a part of a fundraiser, more than welcome to hop on board. We're wearing red t-shirts on Friday. All the proceeds go to helping veterans. And so this is one great way of getting it out to the public to know that you are a veteran supporting gym, but then also on the back end, helping us actually put veterans into your gym. So, uh, yeah, those are a couple of ways you can support us. You got to tell the audience and all the gym owners, like, here's the cool part. Uh, Justin makes, I'm going to let you say what you do, because it's really cool. But he gets all the gyms competing, and then they bring this all to the gala. Oh, nice. And then they do the announcement. So I'm not going to spoil it. I'll let you talk about it, Justin. Yeah, so every year we order a one-of-a-kind make a vet sweat fundraising championship belt. Now this championship belt is made from the same uh, company that produces the world championship belts for wrestling, for boxing, for UFC. So it's a major big deal belt. We go for a premium belt and I mean, it's red leather, good metal. It's, it's a beautiful, heavy, it, it brings back the nostalgia of watching, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan with the belt after, after like a tag team championship. So we're uh, older. Like, we're like Roddy Roddy Piper and uh, the Bon Erics. Come bon on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Oh, uh, even I, I even liked uh, the Rock, man. I don't know the People's Champion, but the People's Champion he was a he was a big guy here in the two thousands. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I went my undergraduate degree, Justin, is from the University of North Texas, which is in Denton, straight up I-35 from Austin. And uh Stone Cold Steve Austin uh went to the University of North Texas. So yeah, we're bringing out some big names, but I love this whole belt idea, right? People do get excited about that and and I assume that's they get to keep that, whoever the winner is, right, through this competition. And then that's displayed in their in their fitness center, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, it ends up being a really, really awesome display that you can put up on your fitness center that you were a fundraising champion for Make a Vest Sweat, a, a major champion for veterans. And I think that's the important part. 
I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm glad that you corrected, you know, something I said earlier. So it's very important to steer people to the right place. You're right. We'll get it in the description. Mm -hmm. uh, Donna does an amazing job of summarizing, giving an overview of who our guests are like you, Justin. But make a vet sweat dot org. O-R-G, everybody. And don't spell veteran out. Make a vet sweat. Mm -hmm. So yeah. really key. Uh, Justin, What? Uh, anything else? Anything we haven't touched on that maybe is weighing on your heart, mind, spirit that you just want to share with our listeners? Yeah, you know, the, the, the major thing that I guess if I could say one thing to everybody is uh, we all have our own personal journeys that we go through. There's this mountain that we're, we're destined to get over and not everybody makes it over. However, if you're one of those people who can make it over that mountain, I want you to think about what you did to get over that mountain. Take a look around, help the next person who needs to get over the mountain. The theme is help somebody else. That's that's all we need to do. If we can all reach out and help one person, I think we're going to do a great job. That's perfect. Exactly that. You help, you know, you get help and then you reach back and help the next person. And it, you know, it's a chain reaction, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. It makes me think of, I don't know who to attribute it to, uh, or maybe I'm just withholding who it is because they maybe not have had good press lately, but <laughs> I heard a quote one time, though, that resonates with my being, right? It's less important who said it. It's more important what you can mine from it. Yeah. But basically, if you're if you make it to the top floor, uh, your number one responsibility is to send the elevator back down for someone else. Right. I I love that, number one. But then there is this other saying that says you've not lived until you've done something for someone else who can never repay you. So you're right, Justin, we all have stories. We've all experienced things. No one makes it uh, on this journey called life without getting dinged up along the way. Veterans especially uh, need a little extra care, compassion, uh, and empathy in this journey. So I love everything that you and your organization are doing. I'm very thankful that you all are out there. You've raised my awareness. I truly did not until, you know, sitting in this space with you. Uh, know about make a bet sweat i do now now i'll be a champion and an advocate for you all and i look forward to seeing you at the event next month it's exciting it is i'm excited to go it's going to be a lot of fun so all right well i think that's everything as you like to say we'll land the plane and so from everybody here at beyond the front line and our parent podcast coming home well we are so appreciative for you guys to listen and because you guys have listened um, so much. We actually got named one of the top 10 veteran podcasts through Feedspot. It's it's nuts, right? It's this, in, nuts. In, this independent agency went out and found over 1,300 veteran-related podcasts. Yeah. And and we rated We made 10. number So 10. Very, very excited, very thankful for that. That was never a goal. It was just about a Oh my gosh, no. I, yeah. I mean, when that popped up, it was random. Our executive director sent to me and goes, hey, you should look at this. That's all she said. And I'm like, okay. I'm sure I was sitting in a meeting somewhere mindlessly thinking of other things and I popped it up and I was like, oh, snap. And so that, that was a huge honor. And I was very, very humbled by that. So well, look, hopefully we can keep bringing yeah. good things to people. I was going to say, well, let's talk about how, how we got there. We got there because we keep running into amazing people like, like Justin, both yep. Lex Bohannon, who are out there doing amazing things. And then yep. they're kind enough to share some time with us. Yeah. And, tell the world what they're doing and uh we're just man, good at talking that's all we yeah just, yeah 
Yeah, I, I get paid for a living to talk. It's true. So. And I just talk. So, I mean, there you go, right? I mean, we're good at that. We're good at getting people to talk with us. That's, yeah. that's where we... Justin, I, again, I'll just say I love you. I look forward to meeting you and shaking your hand in person uh, coming up. So, yeah. So, all right, everybody. We're going to hope you guys have a good week. We're going to let you go. And uh, we'll be seeing you guys a little bit later because um, we said we were ending our podcast over the summer on our last podcast. <laughs> Um, we lied a little bit because when Justin came up, I was like, hey, we need to do this now. We want to do this before the gala and give some uh, notoriety out there and get the info out. So this is our last one. You'll probably hear from us again sometime in the September time frame, uh, maybe beginning of October. So from all of us to all of you, you guys have a great week. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Frontline, a podcast of coming home well. Join us every other Wednesday. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again. And until all are home and all are well.